Welcome to Hello Health Today, where health is a leadership strategy and self-care is a professional responsibility. I'm Dr. Carmen Mohan. Joining me to discuss the Hello Health concept called Find Your Why is our fabulous Chief Operating Officer, Megan Davies. Welcome back, Megan. Thanks, Carmen. It's good to be back. You know, I always love talking with you, especially when it's about how our programs are developed and how we validate our tools. I tend to differentiate our programs from other wellness programs by saying we answer the question of how to be healthy. But during our Leaders Under Fire workshop, our audiences have really enjoyed your process for finding the why for being healthy. Why do you think the finding your why exercise is so resonant? I think that if, if as an individual or even as a family unit, we find our why, when we get off course, it's a lot easier to get ourselves back on course, right? Because it helps us be really clear uh, about what we want to achieve. And I think it helps really solidify and create our purpose. Interesting. So what is it about this exercise that Leaders Under Fire content really made you think, we need to add this piece, Carmen? So I um, practice cognitive behavioral therapy in, with my clients, and, and the whole model starts a little bit about like an event happens, right? So something happens to you or in the environment around you, and what that does is it triggers a set of beliefs or your personal interpretation about what happened, and then that belief causes consequences, and consequences result in feelings and behaviors, right? And so in that model, we want to disrupt that negative thought process and reframe it for a much more positive, healthy um, belief and and what I'll say new consequences or new adaptive beliefs. Does that make sense? Well, I think so. But just remember, my background is not in CBT, which is why I love our counselors. They're always pushing me, Um, and especially inside of connectivity and meaningful bonds and relationships. But just describe for me what you mean by beliefs. Like we all have under, underlying beliefs that we're not cognizant of. You know, our brain is really, really amazing. Um, and finding your why and, and your what, both of those happen in different sides of your brain. So if you think about it, the what we do, so, you know, I'm a therapist, that taps into the rational part of your brain, you know, where we analyze data, how we do it and why we do it really taps into our limbic system. And that's where behavior, feelings, trust, um, loyalty are all generated from. And so, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so when you think about that, let's say you have a negative self-belief that you're not good enough, or you, you know, you and I see a lot of people who feel like they have imposter syndrome, that they don't belong where they are. Despite being such high flyers. So it's obvious that's not true, right? But they still believe that. They do believe that. And, um, and so when I go ahead, go no. Ahead. So when I think about that, I think the reason this exercise, and I'll walk through it quickly, resonates is it allows them to take a step back and really think about what their life would look like if things continued on that way. So if I continue to feel like an imposter, what's my work and home life going to look like a year from now, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that allows them to visually understand and even think, this is not sustainable. I have to do something different, right? It's often scary to make changes, but I think when you take a step back and go, do I want to be in the same place six months from now, or a year from now, two years from now, I think that starts to flip the script on 
really tackling those long-held negative beliefs that you might have about yourself or about yourself moving through the world. So let me just take a step back for a moment and talk about the limbic system a bit, where emotions reside. And we can be very quick to our emotions. Um, the limbic system acts very, very quickly. Its circuitry is rapid because it's meant to keep us alive. Versus our much slower uh, frontal lobes, where our, more of our rational thinking systems reside. So what I hear you telling me is that finding your why, this exercise helps you move from the limbic system into your rational, into your rational brain on purpose so that you can do healthier things for yourself instead of staying in rut. That's what I understand about it. A hundred percent. Or as I say in session, one side of your brain is your rational brain and the other side is your emotional brain. And, you know, those two things can ha actually happen simultaneously, but you want to use your rational brain to start disputing some of the thoughts that you have on the emotional side of your brain. So exactly right. And it's even worse if you feel overwhelmed or you're recovering from burnout or, you know, you feel like you're under fire. So that is why this particular exercise is in um, our workshop content for Leaders Under Fire. Megan, thank you so much. Do you mind walking us through, and it doesn't need to be quickly. I want to understand every single step. Would you say it's four steps or more? I would say there's four steps. Okay. Um, so we, we really start for, right, um, having people envision reasons to keep their life exactly as it is. Now you can use this for your life or you can use it for something specific. So let's use that example we've, we've been talking about, which is imposter syndrome. So if you were in your head thinking about, you know, I really feel like I don't belong where I am um, and you don't know how to make that change, right? Um, and so it's like, why would you want to keep that status quo um, and what I do there is pause and have each individual really think about what it would look like to keep that status quo. You know, and examples that often come up is, you know, lacking motivation to make a change or there's comfort and habits or routines, even if those are not necessarily the best choices that we're making. Or we're being rewarded, right? So let's use um, drinking alcohol, for example. Great example. You know, it tastes good. I, like people will tell me in clinic, which I use this now in clinic often, when um, people are having a hard time getting started towards their weight loss program or toward any um, kind of behavior change like stopping smoking. You know, it's like, I like to smoke. It does calm me down for a moment. It, you know, they like, they like it and the taste is good. Like actually writing it down rather than just thinking about it, I think is also quite helpful. Yeah, I think you're 100% like recognizing right. Recognizing the reward that we get, right? Like why we are, what, why we're here. Yeah. What's the next step? So if you've come up with the reasons to keep the status quo, the next question really is, what does your future look like if I keep the status quo? And let's stay with that example of the alcohol, right? There's so many empty calories in it, even if you like the way it tastes. And so maybe this year you gain three or four pounds, but maybe by the end of the year, there's another 10 pounds. Hmm. Or even worse, you set such a bad example for your children and you don't want to pass on this habit to them, right? That's another really good example. And so mm. keeping that status quo, you know, if you really examine it, you're going to find that there's a lot of negativity keeping that status quo. 
but it also allows you to envision what it looks like and what it feels like. And so I think by doing the exercise, then you are actually uh, utilizing both sides of the brain, both the emotional side of the brain and the rational side of the brain. Oh, I love that. Use your whole brain. Fantastic. So let's just go back to imposter syndrome. If we keep having imposter syndrome, what does the future look like? We continue to feel lack of confidence when we walk into a room. Absolutely. What's the worst that can happen? Like, how does imposter syndrome actually serve us? Does it? I'm not sure it does, because I think about how you feel when you're moving through your work environment or your social environment, if you're not comfortable in who you are. You know, I think by walking into a situation and feeling like you're imposter, are you really creating an authentic relationship with your friends, with your colleagues and coworkers, or are you putting out this alter person that they expect you to be and deep down inside you're somebody else? So I think it really holds you back in having a fulfilling life. Amazing. What I love about this is the examples we've given have to do with your physical body, with your mindset, how you move through the world and relate to people. Um, And so I'm hearing that this tool can be effective for pretty much many, many different problems or situations. Okay, so now we're imposters and we've identified this. Thanks a lot, Megan. Really appreciate that my future looks like a lack of confidence and I'm drinking too much and I'm gaining too much weight. What's the next step? (laughs) So the next step, thank goodness, is what are those reasons to face into your fear or, you know, whether it's drinking too much, whether it's facing, you know, the difficulties that come with having imposter syndrome, what are those really reasons to motivate you to make change, right? And I think the motivation piece, again, uses both sides of the brain because there's an emotional process that happens, particularly when you feel uncomfortable. It's like, ah, I hate walking into a room and feeling like I don't belong there, right? And if your motivation changes, you know, I want to be able to walk into a room 80% of the time and feel like I belong there. Does that make sense? Mm. Hmm. So what's, can you just repeat step three for me? Cause I, I'm not feeling that, you know, I have to lean into my discomfort and my fear. Really? I don't want to. Yeah. I, it's so funny, but that is one of the hallmarks of cognitive behavioral therapy is the more times you lean into and face your fears, the more your anxiety and fears will actually decrease. And I know for some people that is really uncomfortable, but it is the tried and true way of being able to push through your anxiety and get to where you want to go. Okay. Reasons to act now, Mm -hmm. right? Reasons Mm -hmm. to act now. Okay. What are some of the reasons to act now around giving up alcohol? Absolutely. You know, if if you think about reasons, one of the ones you gave was what kind of uh, example am I setting for my kids? Right. Mm. Um, how is this going to impact my body short-term and long-term? You know, if you, if you read any articles, there's everything from it dries out your skin to the impact it has on your liver, you know. To your lack of sleep. I, I always use sleep interruptions that you're going to sleep so much better if you give it up and that'll activate your healing program. But n- that's super academic. I don't think anyone gives up alcohol to sleep better, unfortunately. I don't know if they're using anything that we we talk about, whether the aura or the whoop, it shows you that you're not sleeping as well. (laughs) And that becomes real. (laughs) Okay. All right. So 
I feel like I have some reasons to stop being an imposter and give up all my drinking and lose some weight. Yep. What's the last step? Sure. So when you figured out what your motivation is to make change, right? The next and final step is what does your future look like if you have faced into making that change or facing that fear or getting out of that rut? And, you know, for me, this is where I want to spend a little bit more time. You know, I actually want people to be able to close their eyes and imagine themselves being in that place, right? You know, how it feels to be with family or friends and knowing that, you know what, I can be fully present because I didn't need those two glasses of wine to be my real self, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or my kids aren't seeing that as a coping mechanism when I come home as a working mom and, you know, the kids need help with homework and dinner has to be cooked. And my way to ease into the night is to start off with a glass of wine that may go on for the rest of the evening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for me, you know, I'm like, well, my kids see this hot mama who's super svelte and ready to read some books and, uh, you know, hit the hay and sleep really well. <laughs> I love this future. I love it. Let's bring it to into now. I feel motivated. <laughs> <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, finding your why gives you a couple things. It makes it real clear on what you need to accomplish, and it really helps you create your purpose so that you can feel fulfilled by making that decision. Okay. All right. So I am going to recap the four, the four pieces to finding your why. First, reasons to keep the status quo. Really spend time and list them out. Next, what does the future look like if I keep the status quo? Third, reasons to act now rather than later, rather than later. And then finally, number four, what the future holds if I act now. And we would suggest to you that the future looks good. Confidence looks really great on people, don't you think, Megan? I think it's the most beautiful thing you could ever wear. (laughs) It's a fashion statement, ambitious women who are confident. I love it. So my last question is, when should we use this tool? That's a really great question. You know, I think about it in terms of when we find our our minds kind of running away with something or when we get stuck in a loop, you know, in, in a, ne- a negative thought loop. Um, I like to use this workshop worksheet um, out of session so that a client knows, okay, I've gotten myself in a negative thought loop around um, alcohol or how I'm performing at work and really taking those 15 or 20 minutes to walk through this process. And so for me, you may find that um, it shows up weekly that you want to use it. And for some people, it's it's once a month. But there is something that happens when you practice cognitive behavioral therapy. It helps to rewire your brain and your brain then understands how to challenge these negative beliefs and create healthier beliefs. So to me, that is the the ultimate outcome that we want for the people we work with. Wonderful. I love it that it's a skill. If you practice this, your brain will actually change. The brain substrate will actually change and you will be much more clear and centered in your values. It is a fantastic way to feel. Megan, thank you so much for your time today and for walking us through um, the Find Your Why exercise. Thank you, Carmen. This week's download is the Find Your Why Thought Exercise for Motivating Change. Find this worksheet and other downloads on our website at hellohealthtoday.com. Click on the Resources tab. Until next time, remember, 
Today is good. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Because I am a medical doctor, it's important for me to tell you that nothing I say here in this podcast can substitute for your doctor's advice. My lawyers make me say the same thing this way. The contents of this podcast are neither intended nor implied to be relied on for medical diagnosis, care, or treatment concerning any individual. Under no circumstances does this podcast create a physician-patient relationship, nor does it constitute engagement in the practice of medicine or the provision of any healthcare service to an individual patient. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Consult a healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or to obtain guidance about any medical conditions. The producers of this podcast expressly disclaimed responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of reliance on the information contained in this podcast.